What else? I feel like there was something else I wanted to oh, tell you before um, we got to the recording today. Well, my uh, my control harness should be here today, uh, so that's exciting. Oh, that mother the stackies that motherfucker shifted stackies. out. Stackies. Dude, screw it. Let's just freaking make a podcast. Should we get into it? I'm feeling warm. Are you feeling warm? I'm gonna get some sip of coffee here and. Oh, I already, I already had my coffee. Hopefully, it doesn't. Nice. Hopefully, it doesn't hit me too late. Did I send? Let's you just the, do uh, this freaking thing. Oh, what'd you send me? Did I send you the picture of the mug that Mandy got me for uh, Christmas? It's a tiki mug. I don't, I don't think so. It's no, it's a uh, a Freddy Krueger tiki mug. I don't even. I can't even imagine what that looks like. <laughs> Hold on, dude. I'll send you a snap really quick. You can check it out, dude. Are you gonna send me a dick pic real fast? It's, I've got it's, my. I've, it's about. I've s- got my do not disturb on, but I will. I will it's, open it up. It's for a that. twenty-two ouncer. Waiting for a Dave in my pot and Did my dick Let's see here. Oh, you have your notification. Oh no, you didn't. I you did. The, you did send me this. What is RIF? This this jazz bass thing. Oh, dude, I thought that was so cool. Yeah, I forgot. I was pooping, and I I sent that to you. It is. That's the one of the first oh, issues. Oh, dude, that is fucking sick. Yeah, isn't that great? I love it. That dude. is really great. Yeah, yeah. fucking oh, wow. eBay, man. Dude, yeah. you could. Get, that would be a good tattoo. Yeah, I know. I actually want a Freddy Krueger tattoo, but then I was kind of like, I know you do. I, I don't know. Part of me wants one, but part of me is like, it's kind of a dark fucking story. I don't know if I want to wear that shit on my arm, even though it's like a not a real story, but it's still pretty fucking. Yeah, it's it's fictional, bro. <laughs> I know. No, dude, that jazz bass is really interesting because that is a. Uh, that's the one of the first like made in Japan uh, fenders like ever. But what is R I R I F? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I know I saw that too, and I was kind of like, I don't know. But it's uh, yeah, 1982 was the first. I mean, people talk about the JV series and stuff like that, like the first issues of the made in Japan fender stuff. That is like the first issue. So if there's gonna be a good one, it's probably that one. The price is fucking insane. The guy wants like three or four grand for it or something like that, but. Yeah, that's way too high. That dude, that was the white and the white strat with the black pick card that I had was was that. Was, was it that a same. JV series? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Those are very coveted nowadays. They even use cloth wiring and everything. I mean, they're Yeah, I you know, I never fell in love with the guitar. I mm-hmm. tried to force it. Yeah. Well, you're not a strat. I played, guy I played it for a while. I played it live and the whole thing. Yeah, you're right. I've just that was that was me trying to be a strat guy <laughs> and I'm not I'm freaking not, buddy. All right. You know what I am? I'm a Dave guy. I'm a GearBuds I'm a guy. Gear and I want to make a podcast with you. Let's do it. What do you think? I'm ready. Episode 142, GearBuds podcast. Here we go. Let's freaking do this. Let's I'm do Henry. It. That's Dave. What's up? Hi, Dave. Hi. We're uh we're doing the thing. We're still remote. Mm-hmm. You know that's just that's just the reality of life right now, folks. So next week next we're week good. We we're gonna be, be back together. Yes. We're going to be able to swap saliva again, just like how we like to do every week before Can't every wait. recording. But for now, we're doing the remote thing again. Let's just do it. Uh, episode 142, Symphony of Corrections. Here we go. Here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Thank you, our dearest, dearest friends, for listening to this. We love you deeply. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe on Spotify and Apple. And if you want, you can always email us at gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. And Dave, we've been getting some emails, and I'm excited about it. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Before we, I actually want to talk about that really fast. But before we do, I just want to check in on you, man. Like I know that you know you and I have been ke- keeping in touch, but I think our listeners might be interested to know how are you feeling. How how how's that all going? Uh, yeah. I I guess um I'm feeling better mentally um and physically. Yeah. 
I would say I, I do have some some weird symptoms still from the COVIDs. Uh, I, I guess I'm what you would call a long hauler, I think they call that, where uh, I'm still waking up and, and hacking up phlegm every morning if people want to uh, mm. get into the details of it. Delightful. But uh, that's about it. You know, no fever, no... Um, no psychosis like I had like last week and shit. So feeling pretty good, man. Um, I'm ready to see you again. I'm ready to see my friends and, and my family and people that I miss. Uh, so, yeah, next week, hopefully I will be out of this prison they call quarantine and uh, we'll be ready to roll, you know? Hell yeah. I love that Thanks you ended that with like a basically like a, a creed lyric. Ready to uh, roll. Uh, right there. But <laughs> of course, man. Yeah, you were all thinking about you and pulling for Thanks, you. We're man. glad to hear that it's not as uh, as bad as it could be. As, no, as it is for a lot of. Folks, I wouldn't so. wouldn't want to do it again, but um, but I'm happy that it happened just because now I can get through it and I don't have to worry about it as much. So, yeah, we're uh, we're we're doing better. Thank you for asking. Fuck yeah, buddy. Well, you know, honestly, I mean, it feels it's it's like it's it's sad to say, but it just feels like it's become really common right now. Like I think a lot of people are, are yep. dealing with that, or even if you're even if you don't have it, and you know, a, a breakthrough case right now yourself, I just like impacted a lot of people, yeah, I mean, a lot of friends, a lot of families, people in quarantine. So I say, look, if you're if you're on if you're in the core right now, while you're going back and listening through the back catalog of Gearbuds podcast. Mm-hmm. Maybe now, now, now might be a good time to do some restringing of some instruments around the house. That's all I'm saying. If you've been putting off, putting off like I have, yep. restringing guitars, and you're and you're stuck around the house right now, could be a good idea to do that because not only that, not only do we have a lot of time on our hands. It's cold. It's winter time. Uh, we're inside, dude. I don't know about your neck of the woods meaning like a, a couple miles away from me <laughs> yeah, one but mile away. it yeah. is the fucking it's like humidity negative. yeah the humidity over here has been a real problem dude my guitars have been suffering yeah yeah i played my acoustic last night my gibson and it's very dry i would say uh, in my house so i would say folks like i i did yesterday i spent a, a good while the past few days actually i got the humidifier out re i changed the filter in that bad boy i've got it pumping right next to all my guitars right now nice. just like trying to rehumidify re- and then i've also been restringing some guitars because first of all i just have been putting that off second i, w- I thought that it was a good time to do a little fretboard uh fretboard uh what's moisturizing mm-hmm. is what i'm looking for the folks so yeah you know the, not, not to not to preach too much at you but i feel like i was actually even talking about this with dan lou he said that he feels like we we we're both saying that i feel like right now it's worse than it's i can ever even remember it being it was just like normal for a while and then the humidity just dropped into nothingness yeah inside my home is like 20 percent humidity right now i agree yeah my house is i don't have a uh what is it a barometer that measures humidity but uh, I think barometer is pre- uh, pressure. Uh, oh, that's high barometer is yeah. your uh, humidity. Okay, well, monitor. close. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would say it's very dry in my house as well. I might kick out the old humid- humidifier, you know. And you know, the thing is, too, you got to clean Bust that- out the humidifier. It doesn't hurt. You got to you got to clean that thing out too, because you'll get the, the the mildew residue, you know, around the. Humidifier. That's right. You got to clean change the thing filter out, out. Maybe. And then change the filter. I bought a. I bought like a. It was like, that machine is gonna die before I ever run out of filters. <laughs> I bought like a. Accidentally bought like a thirty pack, and I you nice. know I'll I'll use like four of them before that thing breaks. I guess, but beautiful. I'm telling you, it's it's. I think it's making a difference already, and it feels good. There's just nothing in this world, and I've said it before. I'll say it again. There's nothing in this world like an acoustic guitar with a fresh set of strings on there, buddy. Ooh man. Yep. Now, what are you using? What brand do you like? Okay, so on electrics. I have recently switched back, which I used to use as a kid, to Ernie Balls. Okay. I was a I was a dyed in the wool elixir guy for a long time. Okay. And people think that's weird and that's fine, but I, I found mostly out of convenience because 
Ernie Ball now makes a custom gauge set that yes. aligns very closely with what I would put together if I were to make my own custom gauge for my weird tuning that I play in. Oh, wow. Okay. I think it's called the Burley set. Um, it's like pretty much a skinny top heavy bottom, but the, the skinny top is still like an 11. It's not really that skinny. Okay. Um, and then on acoustic, I, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of in between brands. I've used Elixir. I've used Martin. Um, I've used Diadario. I really want, there, there are a couple sort of high end acoustic string brands that I've been really tempted to want to try recently, but I, I haven't taken the, I haven't taken the plunge yet. I feel like with acoustic, you know, that is a place to go venture out and try some like maybe more expensive strings. Cause you're going to bring more out of the instrument that way. You know, it's just kind of uh, a thought that crossed my mind there. That's actually a really interesting point as I uh, take a pause to hit this vape in mm -hmm. front of me. Um, Indeed. Man, you know, like, there, there, in terms of things that contribute to the overall sound, there are far fewer in an acoustic instrument, right? So, yep. like, you'd think that the strings would play a more important role in the overall sound yeah. because there's just less things less in the path. Yeah. yeah wow, I never variables. thought about that, man. Yeah, That's I mean, really if you're going to try, like, what, what's a really high-end acoustic string? Like, I think of, like, is Pyramid a very expensive brand? I've heard of Pyramid Pyramid's string. a pretty expensive brand. Uh, there's, oh, I'm trying to, man, I'm, I'm going back to my CME days, the, the stuff that they <laughs> want you to upsell around there. Like, I yeah, know there's, right? like, Santa Cruz. There's, uh, okay. but Santa Cruz makes guitars. There are, man, I'm, I'm, I'm totally blanking on any of the, like, <clears throat> sort of bespoke string brands, yeah. but there are definitely some very expensive ones out there. Now, do you like the bronze or, you know, what have you, have you tampered with like other materials with your acoustic strings before? I, I think I, I have in the past. I mean, I just, I used like a standard sort of phosphor, phosphor bronze. Sure. I think like the 92.8 blend or something like that. Honestly, I, I can't even remember, but I, I, all I know is I just had like whatever strings that I, and, and they're the last acoustic set that I had. I, you know, I'll usually wow. buy at least a few and they were the last acoustic set that I had. I threw them on Martin and I'm just like, man, my life is better instantly because of it. <laughs> That's a good idea, man. I was playing my acoustic last night and I was like, you know what? My fingers were kind of getting dirty. You know, my left hand fingers were getting pretty dirty mm -hmm. on the strings. And I was like, that's how I know. That's how I know I need to change those suckers up. You know? Yeah, I'll usually give I'll give those strings a, a wipe once, you know, to clean them too. up a little bit. Yeah. But then, but then, but then that that only lasts for so long. And uh, and if you don't have one already, folks, just get one of those little freaking less than ten dollar Planet Wave. Stick it in the sound hole humidifiers for this if you're in the Western Hemisphere yeah. in winter times with low humidity because it does absolutely yeah. help. Right. Those those super help. And yeah, like you've got to remember to refill the sponge. They make very expensive versions that have Bluetooth and they'll send you reminders and all that kind of <laughs> shit, you know, if you need Sync it. it but like iPhone, for me, yeah. I, I just, you know, I still just have the cheap Planet Waves one. Nice. All right. Wow. We're, we're deep already and we have barely even gotten past a bullet point or two. I want to shout out the people who reach out. Uh, so we, I was talking to, you know what I was actually, I just want to quickly mention, I was talking to our good buddy, Noah Pelty, who's, who was on the show no and now shit. works for Gibson guitars. And, uh, I think we're going to have him back on the show. I would love uh, that. Because yeah, he's just got a lot to say and he's a great guy and he works at Gibson now. So we're going to do that. But want to give him a little shout. Also wanted to give a shout to our friend, Will Bristol. So Will sent us an email. I think he actually has in the past. And I didn't connect the fact that I actually know. I'm pretty positive this is the same Will that I know that I know for, actually from Chicago Music Exchange days. Okay. So anyways, he had a couple things he wanted to say. First of all, he wanted to mention that um, we were talking about that ZVEX fuzz probe that was one of my sort of like pedals that got away last yeah. week, which if you haven't listened after this episode, go check that one out. Uh, but the ZVEX fuzz probe, it's a fuzz factory with a theremin plate on it. And he was curious. Uh, first of all, he, he didn't 
didn't know that it existed, but he was thinking about trying to use something like that in like a modular synth setup. Ooh. And I think that sounds freaking amazing. You want to know if I thought it would be good. I do think it would be good. The one thing that I would say to you, Will, and anyone interested in doing something like this, is that theremin plate, I did experiment using it a bit with my hand, but I found that overall it was designed for and worked best with my foot Mm -hmm. like specifically my foot with a sock on okay so you can do it but basically just plan on you know having to then still have this pedal on the floor yeah you can't wear your and and not and not having one of your like your yeezys or your dr martin's combat boots so uh, i would say that and then also he wanted to add that uh the doof warrior stuff that he uh was is pretty sure that nick zinner uh, you know, yeah, 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 as guy and a bunch of other stuff uh, had something to do with making some of the music for that movie, Mad Max Fury Road, which we talked about oh, as well. Oh, wow. So That's cool. Wanted to, wanted to toss that in there. So loved hearing from you, Will. Folks, if you want to talk to us and ask questions and have them read on the show, freaking Reach send out. an email at gearbudspodcast at gmail.com or anywhere that we do stuff. Just send us a, a smoke signal. I'll be looking. Nice. Let's get into some stuff here. I want to, dude. I don't. I don't know if you saw this because you don't. Uh, I don't know if you read the freaking Gibson press releases as religiously as I do. No, I don't even but, think I subscribe. To be honest, as, as much of a Gibson well, boy as I've become over the last year, I, you I, have, dude. You super have. <laughs> it makes me so happy, honestly. What's that? That I'm a Gibson boy now. That you're that you've become a Gibby boy. Yeah. Well, I was thinking I only have one electric guitar, and that's just not right. You know, to be a gearbud, I feel like you need at least two electric guitars. So, um, and around here, there's only two freaking brands: Fender and Gibson. <laughs> everything right. else, GTFO. Get out of here! No, just. But kidding. check it out. So, Gibson <laughs> Brands has announced another strategic acquisition heading okay. into this new year that we're in, Dave. So, uh, GWW, a long-standing supplier of premium cases for Gibson and other music instrument companies, was acquired by Gibson Brands at the end of 2021, right hmm. before the new year. Interesting. Uh, so GWW, if you don't know, which I didn't, I stands did. for Ge- General Woodworkers, has been a family-owned business building world-class instruments, uh, cases, and other ca- for uh, instrument cases. Okay, I'm going to try that again. They've been a family-owned business building world-class cases for instruments and other categories for over 65 years. I guess in 2002, Gibson started working with them, but then in 2019, they created this more formal partnership okay. under that new Gibson Brands management team. And then now, uh, they're they as of 2021, they're the main customer of GWW. And then, so the logical next step, Dave, just buy those bad boys and yep. bring them into the bill. Nice. Okay. So I think it makes sense, especially when you think about all the like supply chain bull shark that we've had going on recently to be able to like vertically integrate and, uh, you know, maybe hopefully innovate a little bit too. Now that they've like, they've got an amp company in in Mesa, they've got a case company. I mean, they can do the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle themselves. So Dave, actually this, 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 this brings me to something that sort of accidentally came up right before we went to tape here. Yeah. And that is uh, that Silvertone Ampen case. Dude, I like those little things, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, Silvertone in the mid-60s made a guitar that came with an amp that was built into the guitar case. Um, That's right. I heard it doesn't sound very good, but the idea is fucking awesome. I mean, it is still a tube amp because let us yeah. remember that the silicon and or I guess even germanium transistor was not much a, a yet a thing yeah. in the, the guitar amp world. So it's still it's a like a little tube amp in your guitar tube case amp or something like that, right? Um, maybe, maybe even less. I don't remember. I have played it. It does not sound good. People have 
taken those amps and putting put them in like a proper cabinet and that sure. definitely helps a little bit give it a bigger beefier speaker that helps but i mean to your point it is just the cutest little thing yeah and actually that deal uh that they were selling it for i mean um, you used to be able to scoop those up, you know, five, 600 bucks. And I think that was right in the price range with, you know, it's a single, it's a single coil version of the guitar. So it's not That's right. the dual. What is it? The 1488 or 1448? Yeah. I 1448, now. I believe. And it's just the single pickup of the single coil. Um, but then they also make the dual pickup model, which is a little more, you know, a little more, uh, and, and I believe that that one's a shorter scale too. It, yes. I, I've played a handful of those. I, like I was saying, I've almost bought them a few times. I think they're fucking adorable. Yeah. I just I when you actually play them, I've never played one that I thought was a good guitar. What, you know did what you, I mean? It, like they just feel like cheap, it has to be good. Kind of right. They're kind of like a toy guitar yeah. in a way, like a novelty. I, some sort of, but it's more about just like they kind of hurt my fingers. Yeah. When I play them, like they're, they're kind of my fingies hurt. And then you made fun of me and quoted uh, <laughs> Billy, Billy Madison at me, <laughs> and I seriously dude cracked up so hard but yeah so i i guess the reason that i think that these things too uh are synergistic is because uh gibson how about we do we do yes. a good amp and case yeah i mean we do a good one and i think that's what I, I was texting you i was like how come this has never been kind of recreated or reimagined you know this idea of you know and it doesn't have to sound great i think even the novelty of it could be cool you know if they if they issued something like that with maybe a lower end Gibson, so everything could be affordable. But I still want it to be like the like this original in homage to the spirit yes. of the Silvertone. I want it to be a tube amp. I yes, want it to yes. I want it to be like sort of impressive. Yeah, it can't still. be like a digital modeling amp or something like that. Like one of those right. one of those guys, which which obviously would be the practical uh, option nowadays, I assume. But. Um, It'd be it'd be really neat to see. I don't even know what kind of speaker they put. Is that like an eight inch speaker or something like that? It's got to be tiny. I think right? it's smaller than that. It might yeah. even have been like Six. a five inch. Yeah, it's, it's a right. sm it's a small boy. It's like yeah. a little like car car driver <laughs> like a tweet, situation. Yeah, a so there's an opportunity. You've got Mesa. You've got GWW making the cases. So you've cool. Got your Gibson guitars. Let's do this. Let's do it. Last thing, you know. So interestingly, they're a U.S. company, but they're now they they first they sort of went offshore uh, to Costa Rica, and we're doing both. And then we're okay. like, oh, this is actually better here. Fully based in Costa Rica now, but it's still, I guess, a U.S. company. Uh, and they would they made pretty high end stuff, including I mentioned Santa Cruz before. Santa Cruz makes very expensive high end guitars, uh, acoustic guitars. They were making Santa Cruz's cases. I found out for them. Which I wonder if they're still going to, but also they make like sporting cases for freaking high end bows and stuff oh, cool. like that. They make okay. medical cases, oh, so this okay. is they they do a lot of different not just stuff guitar cases, and right? That's not cool. just guitar cases, and it seems like that's not even the biggest part of their business. So maybe maybe Gibson's just diversifying their portfolio a little bit too. I like it. Hopefully, we see some new stuff uh, coming up. You know, Dave, we were talking about this. Also, speaking of things, before we went to tape, uh, this uh, this idea that you're you've got a, you've got a big <laughs> birthday coming up this year, and yeah. uh, and uh, and and we're and I I just wanted to share with our listeners that we came up with this idea that for for any of you folks turning forty, the traditional I think the traditional gift now these mm -hmm. days for turning forty is going to be flame maple. Yeah, right? flame, it's going to be top. something with a nice flamey top on yeah, it. Yeah, I think it has to be, or maybe a. You know, if you're like of the the bass player type, you could do like a, a nice burl wood, you know, something like that, like a really oh, a real heavy burl, burl, real flashy burl with a, with with like a blue to green gradient. Sure, why not? You know, 
You sent you sent me that Les Paul with yeah. that super flamey top on it, and, and you're I, just like, I, well, I guess I'm a dad now because I once I'm <laughs> about to turn forty, I've started to like fucking weird old flame tops. Yes, I don't have a child, but I feel like a dad already. Um, liking these liking these flame tops. I don't know what it is. I've been looking at too many fucking Les Pauls, man. That's the problem. And you start to look at these things over and over and over again. You start to you start to really whittle down what you think you like or what you don't like. I need a break is what I'm saying, man. I need to like take them off. You need a off. break. I need a, a reverb break. You need something. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't know, man. You, you, you I'll, said, I'll say you, made, you just made me think that, you know, it's like I, the second you sent that to me, it was like in my brain, it just sort of popped into my head that the, the lower your balls hang, the higher your bass hangs. It's like the, <laughs> it's like the further your balls get away from you, the yep. higher the bass comes up. Oh, bow tie you. all day, dude. Bow tie bass all day, man. Wear that bow tie. <laughs> I I can I'm I dude I'm afraid to say I can I I see you I see you with a flamed a flamey Les Paul hanging on your wall okay. I can see that happening let me just let me let me go over my my thought process quick we'll keep it short because obviously we're still in the intro of the show here but wow. um I I think honestly I was like well if I'm gonna buy a Les Paul you know which is which is kind of the goal right now um, sure you're going to you're going to drop, you know, 2 grand, maybe 3 grand. Um why not get something that's really pretty to look at? Cuz let's be honest, man, I'm not really a guitar player even, you know. I've got a Paisley Strat over here that I love looking at. I leave that thing on the stand all the time. Um I think the finish is important. I think it's, you know, it, it, if I got a really good yeah. deal on a basic burst with just like the wood grain behind it, that's fine. You know, I'll take that if it's a great deal. But if you're going to drop the cash, make the dash, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dude, you just, I, God, I just felt what you were saying <laughs> deeply. I, you know, honestly, I, you know, I, 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 I get it. If, if you, if it, if it really makes you happy to look at it, then who am I to say? I don't who know. Am I to judge, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I go back and forth all the time. Obviously, like a nice black finish is, is beautiful, you know, or a white yeah. or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I saw that flame and I was like, because here's the thing, like, okay, to me, like the Jimmy Page Les Paul is probably the most beautiful finish ever. Like it's it's perfect, um, mm. that you know that original burst, the lemon burst, yeah. And it's like, all right, anything close, but that has a nice figuring in the top, you know. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, if it's you know, if you want to get as close as you can to that, you're gonna have to get some flame in there, you know what I mean? Do you know what's interesting about that finish when Gibson makes that now from their custom shop yeah. and Murphy Lab and all that kind of stuff? Right. And I've seen a number of I've I've taken a bunch of them out of the box. Oh, man. they there's um there's almost a there's like a slate green. Really, it's like the red is like almost all gone, and then like in the sort of aging process, it almost you get you get a little touch of this like sort of under green thing. That's kind of interesting, dude. You're just making me want to buy a Les Paul right now, man. By the way, I should I should mention the brown one that I was looking at, the refinished brown one from Japan has sold. That will not be mine. It was a 1980. Uh, dude that thing has standard. sold and been relisted a few times though man. it's yeah like, i know it's, but it's it's, it's gone it off come my, back it's gone off my watch list hopefully it pops back up um i did throw there will an offer. be another overpriced brown les paul don't worry well that was a that was a situation where i threw an offer and then the guy responded and said the price is the off like my lowest price but he had the he had the offer button on there then take the freaking dude, offer button off guy what are you doing man i mean i, I threw uh, a reasonable I offer so anyways um yeah that's that's les paul news with dave i mean you're like still tossing segment. balls that's what you do 
Uh, let's <laughs> keep this train rolling, dude. We're so deep already. This is fine. We've got this episode. I mean, they that's fine. There, there, this is this was there is no dramatic theme to this one. Mm-mm. So we've just got some stuff. We might not get to all of it. That's fine. Right. I'm gonna keep this rolling. Wanted to give a little update. We talked about that Nirvana Nevermind lawsuit where okay. uh, the guy, the ba- the naked baby, was now complaining about it. Stuff. Uh, the the case was dismissed. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, There is still some sort of possibility that within this month here of January 2022 that they can maybe file some sort of blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Seems like that's going away. Yeah. Happy about that. I'm going to say that's a GFI. Yeah, me too. That was a money grab for sure. Um, It sucks that guy got screwed, you know, on the initial price for the pictures. I think they paid like $200 or something like that. Um, But that's that's what happens, folks. I don't know. Get a contract. You You said it, buddy. I also saw that uh, this is pretty interesting. And so David Bowie, never a man in his life who would shy away from modern or new technology in any way. Uh, All of his post 2000 studio albums, which are Heathen, Reality, The Next Day and Blackstar. Blackstar easily being one of my top five favorite Bowie records of all time. Incredible. Yeah. Plus a live album have been remixed in Sony's 360 Reality Audio. Uh, for release on Amazon Music Unlimited, Deezer, and Tidal. By the way, dude, really quickly, uh, on January 21st, do you know anyone that listens to Deezer? No, I don't even... What's Deezer? Exactly, thank you. It's it's supposedly a, <laughs> a worthwhile music platform. I think maybe, honestly, I do think that my, my understanding is that they do uh, pay the artists more, maybe. But like th- these David Bowie records are going to be released on Amazon Music, which is like in itself kind of no- annoying. Okay. Deezer and Tidal. Like that's it. They're not going to be on no freaking Spotify. Spotify or Google or Apple. Have you ever listened and, to Amazon uh, Music? Because you have Prime, right? I have Prime, but I've never I've never used their music. I haven't either app. I don't know. So I might have to, I guess, to listen to these. <laughs> but I guess they're as of a couple days ago, uh, or maybe even yesterday. So uh, several days by the time you you folks are able to listen to this, uh, they do have some of the songs available to listen to on YouTube and something called Sony Square. Okay, don't know what that is. Uh, I guess longtime Bowie producer Tony Visconti was responsible for these mixes, which is. is which is awesome and as close as you'll get to a Bowie approved mix in 2022. Cool. So that's a pretty solid tribute, I would say, for his upcoming what would have been 75th birthday. Yeah. Uh, you can use headphones, any headphones, to listen in 360 reality audio because that was my first question. Although Sony would definitely prefer, prefer you use its own product. So uh, I didn't know what the hell 360 reality audio was. Yeah, I what looked is it this? up. Uh, Sony's platform allows producers and recording studios to basically split up individual tracks or stems and then place them on a 360-degree sphere around the listener. So drums can be behind you with vocals overhead and guitars positioned on both sides of you. You know, I would love to hear that. Basically, the world is your oyster. That sounds very cool. Uh, it's the entire idea is to make the music sound like you're there, whether you're that's in the studio or in uh, what they're talking about a lot now, including with this Bowie thing, are live shows. I guess this is like one of their main uh. focuses. They want to like make it like a much more immersive live record thing. That's interesting. And a Sony Home Entertainment and Sound Products General Manager Shinji Okazaki explained. Quote, other formats targeting an immersive home theater experience normally use the so-called northern part of the sphere. We use the entire 360 sphere to realize the whole immersive music. Wow. 
So Dave, I want to listen to some of this stuff. I, I haven't do heard too. it. Yet. I'm really intrigued because this is changing the game of like how we even think about mixing and everything. Um, That's right. I I've been able to experience Dolby Atmos, mm-hmm. which is sort of similar. It's it, it's this idea of moving music. Like you know, we've been ha- we've had the stereo. Band spectrum that we've been able to pan things left and right sure. for a long time, but it'll. The, I've heard things that can move things in the in the sort of X plane as well, up and down, and this does that, but then also all around, above and below. And I have not experienced anything like that, other than you know, of course, being in a real live space with stuff happening around. Right, you, right, right. Uh, fucked. I, that kind of blew my mind. I wasn't ready for that today. That's really. Cool. I don't think you were either. I don't think I was ready <laughs> until I started talking about it, and I'm definitely not now. I am a little bummed out that this whole Deezer and title thing, but I guess Amazon Music Unlimited, I'm gonna have to listen to because, yeah, uh, you know, I really. First of all, I like I do like Heathen. I do like Blackstar. I've never really gotten into reality. I don't think I've ever listened to reality or and I've heard, and I know there was some stuff in the next day I remember liking. Okay, um, I'm gonna have to go back and and listen to these records in this 360 format now, dude. Yeah, me too. That's fucking, especially Blackstar, if you know that record really well, it'd be cool to hear really the difference. Well. Uh, it'd be cool to hear the difference in how it actually sounds with the new uh, the new platform. So that's cool. Sick, buddy. That's all we got for the symphony this week. So now I'm going to say my two favorite words while Dave gets his notes out. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, baby. Because it's time for Dave's Docs. Dave's there we Docs. go. Simple. Time I kept it, kept it real simple. Cool. What do you got for us this week, buddy? Dude, I watched another movie. Uh, I watched another biopic or biopic, depending on how you'd like to pronounce that. Um, Dude, love it. What this we, is actually one. It? I'm surprised I haven't watched this. This is from 2010. It's on Netflix. It's called The Runaways. And it's about the band The Runaways, featuring Joan Jett, of course. Oh, uh, sick. Did you see who's this? Who's in it? I, f- I, th- I think I've seen it, but I don't remember anything about it. Tell us who's in uh, it. It was a good movie. Uh, Kristen Stewart and Dakota Fanning. And Michael right. Michael yes. Shannon plays the manager, and he is. I have seen this. He's outstanding in this movie. I mean, it's just. What is Mike Shannon not outstanding? I know. About? I love that guy. I just I can't get enough of him, man. And he he Seriously. plays the biggest asshole kind of manager guy, like the typical you know stereotypical thing. But uh, good fucking movie, man. I didn't really know much about Joan Jett. Joan Larkin was her her actual name. Um, I didn't I didn't know much about her. I mean, I knew, you know, I know she's a badass guitar player, um, wrote, you know, some really good songs, but I didn't know anything about the Runaways, which is an all female fronted group. And they were like teenagers when they formed. Um, It was like, I think the lead singer, uh, Sherry, uh, Sherry Curry, she's played by Dakota Fanning and she was like 16 when she joined the band, which is pretty funny. They were super young because I'm I'm watching this and I'm kind of like, how old are they supposed to be? And then I looked it up and I was like, whoa, uh, that's that's interesting. It They basically they basically formed because um, so the character that Michael Shannon plays is his name's Kim Fowley. And um, he's he actually got he was like a famous record producer, you know, kind of uh, kind of a manager situation, too. Um, But he basically formed the band. He's like, I'm going to make a bunch of money off getting these girls together and having them like play punk rock basically and that's that's like the premise of the whole thing do they first of all let me ask because i don't remember anything yeah, i know sure. that i've seen this movie do they is it is it do they play the original music or is it like are they re-recording the music for now like how how does that all work that's do a they good play question. old runaway songs yes absolutely i i'm trying to think of like when they're actually performing if they just like 
I know they're not performing live, obviously, but if it was re-recorded for the movie is what you're asking. Right. Yeah, I think, um, well, they're playing the songs. And I got to say, dude, the songs rock. Like, I'm buying a Runaways record, like, right when we get off this call. I really like it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I really like it. Hot action coming at you. Second question, uh, and we talk about this all the time on this here mm-hmm. podcast. Do they do a good job of making it look like they're playing the songs? Ah. Like, do you, was it was it believable that they were actually guitarists and drummers and whatnot? I'm glad you asked. Uh, the drums, no. I would say overall, no. Um, like when they go to like a guitar solo, um, you know, they kind of they do clever things where like you know the singer will get in the way or something, so you can't really oh, see absolutely. the hand. But they're definitely like they're definitely rocking. Like it doesn't look super fake, but I will say, man. They had an incredible attention of detail to the instruments used in this movie. So like, and I was thinking about that. I'm like, you know, they have to hire like a specialist to be like, we need someone to come in and like you, you call a place like CME or something like that. And you're like, we Dude, want that's somebody's job. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. How cool of a job would that be? So I know that uh, Norms in LA does a lot of that. Okay. Type of stuff like that. They were the, the guitar that they used in Back to the Future. Yeah. Came from Norm. Okay. Yeah, uh, which is which is actually kind of funny because that guitar uh, did not exist in the year that uh, they showed it. But uh, either way, my okay. Now I've got to know: Does Joan Jett play the Melody Maker? Not until the very, 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 very end of the film, because you know oh, that was kind of her. Guitar? Yeah, because it doesn't go into her like solo thing at the very end of the film. You know, the, the band breaks up pretty quickly. Um, they uh-huh. get super famous really fast, and then they break up really fast. The singer, I don't think, ever even really wanted to, like, be in a band. She was just like, oh, I'll just do this because I'm 16 and this is, like, fun or whatever. And, yeah. then, you know, they get huge. Like, they get signed by Mercury Records, and they go on, like, one U.S. tour. They get signed by Mercury, and then they go to, like, Japan. And they're just, like, huge in Japan. It's this crazy thing. Um, so I would say she starts playing the – actually, funny you brought it up, and we were talking about it earlier – the silver tone, but it is the dual pickup version of the silver tone ah, guitar, the okay. 1448 that we were talking about. She doesn't have the amp in the case, I don't believe. That's what she starts playing on. And then this is uh, Joan Jett I'm talking about. And then yes. she actually later has the gold top uh, Les Paul Deluxe with the mini humbuckers. And I cross-referenced some real photos of the Runaways. And first of all, they nailed it like with the look. I mean, all the actresses looked exactly like... The, the members of the band, which is so cool. And then all the attention well to detail. Movie. Yeah, it was such it was, a big deal. It man. really was, man. Like, like uh, Kristen Stewart as Joan Jett, like, looked identical. I mean, they have, like, the same nose and lips. It's really, it's crazy. And then she's playing the, um yeah, the Gold Top Deluxe was kind of her main guitar, mm, I think. Mini Humbuckers. Oh, my God, dude. There was a Vox. Is the is the Vox Phantom the one that's kind of like an, an ovular shape? It's very much like... um yeah, it's a the teardrop. The teardrop, yes, thank you. They, there's a teardrop guitar that um, Lita Ford is the other guitar player, and she That's she right, went on yeah. to become super famous. Um, she's playing the Vox Phantom in the beginning. There's a she plays a Gibson Explorer. Lita Ford plays. She also plays an SG. Uh, there's a Thunderbird bass, a Rickenbacker bass, an SG bass. I also noticed an Ampeg V4 stack or like a half stack, whatever. Oh, you love a V4. Dude, I'm telling you, like whoever they hired to do the gear in this movie was like spot on. It was perfect. There's, a, it. there's a Marshall stack because like they go to these gigs and there's kind of already like a stage setup or whatever, like a back line. So the Marshall stack. And then there's a scene where they're in the recording studio when they kind of get in their big fight and they basically break up. Um, there's an orange OR120, like a 70s one. Uh, on top of a Marshall cabinet that has like that silver grill cloth 
You know what I'm talking about? Like the grayish, like the old, the, the, vintage one, the basket weave that I fucking yes, die dude. for. I mean, it's that with an orange head on top. I was like, oh, and it's just in the back of this shot. They're doing the, they're having like an argument and I'm just staring at this amp the whole time. I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> and then obviously, yeah. So at the very end, she, she plays the dual cutaway, uh, Les Paul Jr. or Melody Maker, whatever, whichever one it was. Uh, I couldn't really tell, but, um, fucking good movie man i think uh michael shannon steals the show again i i'm a huge fan always he's just he's so good he's such they, dude just chews up scenery it's impossible to, to, to act around him it's i mean not in a bad way either he's just so fucking talented and it was there there was kind of an interesting thing where like so in the you know obviously in the 70s especially like the late 70s they're throwing record contracts at like pretty much anybody who can put together a band with a couple songs right so you know he's he assembled this band all, none of these girls knew each other and he assembled this band and he's like, look, like you've got to fucking rehearse. Like we, you know, everyone's going to look at you like you're just these girls on stage. Like, you know, it was obviously a male dominated industry at the time. He's like, you've got to be really fucking good and blow people away. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's got them rehearsing like in this, uh, like it's like a trailer, like an RV trailer out in like the woods. It's really interesting. Like it's just out there and all their drums and all their shit set up in there. And then they just go there and practice. And he does this thing. He hires these like neighborhood kids to come in, like, you know, these other teenagers or whatever. And they're throwing like dirt and bottles and like cans at them while they're playing because he knew they were going to get heckled and they were going to get shit thrown at them. So they actually practiced. And there's a funny scene where like Joan Jett like knocks one of the cans and it, like hits the kid in the face, you know, or whatever. So Dude, I remember that. It's like a it's like a training montage where like Rocky's getting punched in the stomach, it, but it they're was. like getting good at fucking playing live. Yeah. And he calls it the death dance. And he's like, you got to go up there and do the death dance because that's what you know, that's what these crowds are going to be. And then they, wow. they play the show. Um, at like some house, like it's like a house party or whatever is like their debut show. And, um, of course people are throwing bottles and they're like hitting them back and stuff. So it was, it was kind of a cool, like uh, full circle type thing with that. So I fucking love the movie, man. It was very enjoyable. Uh, it didn't get too deep or too dark really. Um, you know, there was some like stuff with like depression and stuff like that. And I think the, uh, the singer got really into drinking and stuff and she basically quit cause she's like, I'm 17 years old and I'm getting like completely fucked up on the road. Like this isn't, you know, this isn't what I want to be doing. So, right. um, yeah, Dakota Fanning, Michael Shannon stole the show. Uh, a little bit of a predictable, you know, rock and roll archetype, but I would say fucking awesome movie. Um, I give it a solid seven and a half out of 10 leather jackets. I have to say. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause the Joan Jett leather jacket is pretty iconic as well. It's so. all completely iconic, dude. Uh, I just, man, first of all, thank you for such a wonderful review second <laughs> i i just i just bought my freaking leather jacket that i've been waffling on buying for i bought it yeah Whoa. well i ordered it, it has sight not, unseen it has not. you didn't try it on yeah i just i got sick of leaving the tab open buddy yep. you know, know i'm just like there, i've dude. been thinking about it and i can return it I'll, I'll just return it if i don't love it it's fine. where'd you get it from all saints it's or something? a it's it's a uh, it's a place called buck mason oh cool effort of them yeah absolutely yeah i i did i did an all all kinds of so much research on leather jackets but anyways this isn't a leather jacket show this is a fucking music gear <laughs> podcast buddy great review you know what like as we we're sitting there doing that i was thinking about how it would be so dope if we just like took all of your dave's docs reviews and just like made them their own little clips that like could live on the website or on youtube or something and then we'll have just like yeah just like you've got like all this like treasure trove of content just that every day that'd, that'd be interesting every dave's back, doc man, man. yeah because we've been doing this for dave's doc became a segment what like 100 episodes ago or something like that it like, seems like it right <laughs> it sure does, you know man. yeah absolutely well because it started with me just watching movies in the background while i was working when i started freelancing and i'm like oh, yep. i'll just put on a, a documentary 
and now it's uh it's a, it's its own little segment so uh, it's its own phenomenon baby it's fun man it's it's good stuff and we got a couple more in the next few weeks i got some queued up so uh so stay stay tuned stay tickety tuned all right let's get into future gear this is going to be you know this is going to be a little free form we've got a couple new pieces of gear that i wanted to, to talk about with you cool. bat it around a little bit uh talk about a couple things happening in the gear world but i don't know i feel like we had so much content already this might not be that long so we'll see what happens okay. buddy uh let's dive on in uh first of all i i had a couple people send this to me actually uh it is the samsung Zamstar. Okay. Uh, ahead of C- uh, so CES is like kind of still going on right now. The con- Consumer Electronics Show. Samsung has designed a new product designed to simplify learning and collaborating on guitar, described as an integrated smart guitar and online jamming platform. Hmm. Zamstar consists of a custom electric guitar, which is called the Zamstring, wow. which sports fretboard LEDs that light up to guide plying. Uh, to guide playing based on the input of a song and an accompanying app in which the user can record, edit, and share licks with other Zamstar users anywhere in the world. So basically, Samsung is making a freaking electric guitar with LEDs built into the fretboard. Dude, it, it I mean, we talked about this before, right? Mm-hmm. Haven't mm-hmm. we? But it wasn't this, oh, it yeah. wasn't this product. Uh, but we were talking about was, how crazy it would be to have like your, your fretboard just be like an LED. Well, so I think what you're thinking of is a couple, I don't know, however many episodes ago. It's been a lot of <laughs> a long them. Long time ago. But we, ta- la- we talked about last year, it was the band Scale the Summit, the dude Chris Letchford yes. made this song called Jackhammer Ballet, where he yes. had this fancy guitar with all the custom inlays of the LEDs, and then he like had it programmed along to the song so that it looks like what he's doing is being triggered by what he's playing it's not it's actually programmed but it looks fucking sick yeah and this is basically that same same sort of idea now samsung that samsung is making a guitar that has that like built in like it's not some custom company making fretboards. it's it's samsung putting leds into a guitar that they're making so is the idea that like if you're like all right i want to play like a c major it'll it'll show you those those notes is that kind of the idea yeah so the ones that i've seen before were not responsive like that like it was more just like yeah it would either you'd have to play along like it has a you know, it, it goes to row, row, row your boat, and then you've got to like play along to row, row, row right. your boat, like along to make the lights work. Sure. Or you have like a custom program like the Scale of Summit. Right. The, it's this is this is the first one that I've seen that I'm aware of that also will go both ways. It has sort of like listening built in, so it, it will react to what you're playing as well. Okay. Interesting. Uh, which is which is pretty interesting, dude. I, I I did a little bit of a research, and it turned. You know, obviously, we know that this is not the only. This, they didn't invent this concept, right. uh, but I, I I came across another company that I hadn't seen before. So back in 2017, a company called Edge Tech Labs unveiled what they called at the time Fret Zeppelin, uh, which <laughs> as a name doesn't really make any sense. It is now called <laughs> Fret Zealot, which uh, uh, may be better, I guess. Cue the lawsuits, uh, right? What and what that is is uh, it's a, an app-enabled fretboard accessory hmm. that you you strap on to your pre-existing electric or acoustic guitar. Okay. And I and I don't I think it maybe goes up to the fifteenth fret. It's not the whole fretboard, right. but it's most of the fretboard. Sure. It straps on 
and and then LEDs are now on your uh, every every one of your frets. So it's like a it's is it like an adhesive screen or something like that or like what? I don't know if it's adhesive. It's kind of it honestly it sort of looks like a netting netting in mm-hmm. some ways. Like it it it, it kind of wraps over the whole front fretboard and then not the whole back of the guitar like almost just like the sides of the guitar and then there's a wire that kind of runs down from that okay. elsewhere gotcha okay uh it's got a rechargeable battery it lasts 12 hours that that part don't love clips onto the headstock uh, uh you know how i feel about clipping things onto headstocks yep, i sure do well but it, has I like audio, the idea. it has an audio connector cable that can we be swapped for another one that Honestly, dude, for it, so it's two hundred bucks. But then, like, you can get just the LED strip for seventy dollars. I'm not sure yeah. if, like, you might need to be able to somehow interface that some in some ways. But honestly, like, I'm kind of tempted to want to get it just to like Try have a guitar with freaking weird, goofy lights on the fretboard. Not as like well. a learning aid. I'm not gonna because it's right. you know it is designed really for people to learn on. Yeah. Like how there's like the light up keyboards and everything. Yeah, it's great. Uh, like like we like we talked about the exact thing that we talked about. Uh, I don't want it for that. I want it for to like <laughs> shred solos cool. yeah. and then have it like f- fly around my Les Paul custom or whatever. So will it like will it light up like where you press on the strings if if you're just doing like an improv or something or does it have to be programmed into like you know like the song i don't think that the fret zealot does that okay i i think it i think it's a little more of the programming side but it does seem like the samsung zam star or zam string lights up where I guess. you actually hit it it seems like that does that which is fucking sick dude that's so cool yeah well i i think for the fret zeppelin um i really like the idea of just being able to incorporate it in your existing guitar you don't have to buy an, a new instrument you know we all know like yep. When you learn on one guitar and then you go play another, it could be a, a totally different experience, you know? So I, I like the idea of being able to attach something to your existing, you know, Les Paul or Strat or whatever you got at home, you know? So. And it's and it's non-destructive. So it is, yeah. even if you don't like it, yep. you know, which, I mean, you're probably not going to leave that on your guitar forever, but like it could be fun for a Halloween show or something like that. You know what I mean? But either way, dude, I'm, I'm tempted now. I, I'm tempted by both, frankly. Like I, <laughs> I really, I really want to try the Samsung, but to your point, I, there is no guitar. I, I mean, I'm not that close minded. I, I have not played any guitar that I like more than old Gibsons. So like, I'm yeah. not going to, I'm probably not going to want to play it more than any of the guitars that I have right now, but I'm still open to that idea. I hope that someone can make a guitar that I like more than old Gibson. What, what uh, guitar would you put the fret Zeppelin on? If you, if you were going to attach it to your, one of your existing instruments. Dude, it's look. It's gonna look fucking weird on anything. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's like it's a strange little thing. For you, definitely don't want to put it on your. I'm. Not, it's not going on my telly with a maple fretboard. You know, it's gonna uh, look real ugly and black and weird on that. So something with a dark yep. fretboard. I don't. Dude, I don't even. I don't know. I was thinking I your no SG. Idea. Your SG could sport it pretty good. I feel like. The SG could probably do it because it has dot inlays. Yeah. And the only thing is it's got a bound, like white bound fretboard. Yeah. And the black hanging off the edges of that might look a little goofster. So I don't know. Maybe like my silver tone acoustic. I don't, dude, I don't know. Like my old vintage <laughs> right. acoustic or something. I, I'm not even sure. Your sticker guitar. I'm not sure what I put it on. Nice. Oh, dude. I put I did put a couple more stickers on that, by the way. Good. Good job. Keep them coming. Uh, because I covered up that entire, uh, you know, uh, music stand that music stand. all right yeah. let's let's oh, yeah. keep this train rolling here uh another new guitar was announced so that that guitar that or the the silver the samsung thing doesn't have pricing yet that was just announced at ces okay uh you can find out more about the old fret zealot at their stuff online i want to talk about uh something that happened just before christmas uh prs and john mayer 
set off a little bit of an internet firestorm with a joint IG post that basically made it obvious that John Mayer's Silver Sky, his mm-hmm. pretty expensive but honestly very nice uh, Strat made by PRS, right? Uh, they were going to make a low-cost SE version. Oh, okay. And I didn't know they didn't they do did. that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's a new thing. So there is now an SE Silver Sky that will be launched actually the day after this comes out on Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. Or uh, yeah, it is 2022. That's still weird to say. Yeah, trying to no. say, I'm trying to say it more to get used to it because <laughs> I don't, I don't feel used to it yet. Uh, they changed a couple things. It has a poplar body rather than the alder found on the U.S. built Silver Sky. Uh, it does still have the maple neck with rosewood board, uh, 22 frets, 25 and a half inch scale length. So you know, basically a PRS fender, and uh, it does have a slightly flatter radius. What? So I wanted to ask you. They they haven't announced the pricing on this yet. Okay. What do you think would be a fair price to ask for this SE version of a PRS Silver Sky? Six ninety nine. And I don't know. Oh, six ninety nine, dude! I didn't even need to caveat anymore. I think I think if they if they announce that at six ninety nine, they would sell the freaking butt yeah, ton of them. Yeah, because you're gonna undercut the um, like the Mexican made fenders right now. Like a Mexican Strat is like eight eight or nine hundred brand new. Um, so I think that would be you know. I think that would be right there. I don't know the so difference between the So little devil's advocate, SEs. I think... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't know much about the SEs versus like an actual PRS. I remember PRSs yeah. were super big in the early, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. A bunch of bands I played in had them, the new metal thing and all that stuff. Um, but I don't know, when did SEs come out and like when did these become popular? Right. So that was more into the 2000s, SE started becoming... I've had an SE and it was an incredibly mega guitar. I've played really? so many of them. I had, yeah, CME. CME does a lot of PRS business. So mm-hmm. I had to learn a lot about those guitars. Okay. And I definitely have a, a, a serious respect for Paul Reed Smith. They're not my they're not my jam. Like I'm sure. not into the flamey dad tops and whatever. But right. um, I will say that the SE instruments have always been freaking awesome. Huge bang for the buck. I so to your point though, like you could either do the six hundred or seven hundred dollar dollar thing undercut and then just like dominate, or you could basically say, Well, these we think these are at exactly like let's price it exactly the same as the, as the Mexican Fender, but we right. think they're so much better that we can charge the exact same sure. amount and then just still dominate them on their sure. own turf. So, so maybe a thousand I'll be, bucks. I, yeah, right. I'm very curious. My guess would be somewhere around the thousand dollar number, but I'm super curious. And I think honestly, you have a valid point. That might be a that might be a smart strategy for them to have gone a little bit cheaper, but then way price underneath. Yeah, and I'm only I'm basing it off of what I've seen like uh, SEs for in the used market too. I mean, they pop up once in a while on on, on yep. reverb and this and that, and they're around the seven hundred dollar range. Um, but I don't I don't feel like that's an instrument that loses a lot of value either. So that's kind of why I priced it like that for a new one. So I think seven or eight hundred would be a would be a, a good deal. Um, yeah. Again, man, I just really as, call. as a strat boy, you know, overall, I just I can't do it. Like, I'm just like, oh, man, it just the headstock kills me. I just I don't know. It, it's, it's not a, my it's jam. A, it's a strat headstock with a little bit of a like a hunk cut off the top of it. Yeah. PRS is are definitely. um you know, I definitely appreciate them, and they've they've been a staple of my my early learnings as a guitar enthusiast. You know, everybody wanted a PRS when I was in high school and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, man, uh, you know, I hope they sell a shitload of them. That's awesome that they're making an SE version. I I assumed there already was one, so I didn't know there there wasn't an SE of yeah, the Silver and Sky. I mean, honestly, those those Silver Skies, like people people swear, especially by them. specific colors, people swear. By, I've played them; they're great guitars. Pe- that people just like always wanted to buy those. So I right. I could yeah, there is demand 
in the market, I think, for cool. them. So uh, yeah, it's it wasn't. I I don't know. I guess I'd sort of forgotten about it. And I maybe uh, I'm just thick. I never even considered the SE version of that. But then once I saw that, I was like, actually, I rem- I've almost forgot. I put, like added it in right before we went to tape here because I was like, oh, that's right. That is such a good idea. And I feel like we need to get that news yeah. out in the world, buddy. Let them know. Anyways, okay. I'm, I'm now that we're done peeping. Oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. This is exciting. One more piece of new gear that I want to talk about because this is something that I had on my had on an outline. Uh, I don't even know a few weeks ago, and then was like, oh, I forgot to actually do the research on it. Like I just had <laughs> that I wanted to talk about it, and yeah. so now we can talk about it because Great. it's something that we've talked about kind of a lot on this show, and that is. How much I freaking hate almost all Bluetooth headphones. Sure. Uh, I love the idea of, of wireless everything. I want everything to be wireless, but mm-hmm. uh, with the latency and the compression, quality, yeah. the sacrificing that happens, I just can't trust. I've not, I don't know anyone that trusts Bluetooth for anything like really high-end audio. You know, you can use it yep. like in a pinch to reference or something like that, but no one's actually using wireless headphones to like, not in a studio setting or anything like that for sure. Well, let me tell you, Dave, that Richie Houghton and the company AI, AI, AI claim to have solved these problems with the TMA two studio wireless plus headphones, Dave. Come on. Thanks to the new W Plus Link technology, which has been specifically developed for music creation, these headphones promise ultra-low latency, lossless audio, robustness, and stability, so you won't need to worry about dropouts. They can also connect via Bluetooth 5.0 when required, so they don't use Bluetooth, to be clear, or via an included coil hi-fi cable and said that they can deliver 80 hours of playback time on a charge. Wow, 80 hours? So I I look. I'm skeptical. Color me skeptical, Dave. I want <laughs> I want this to work. Apparently, this W plus link is like this new dedicated dual antenna design. Which hey, speakers, uh, when you get to this part of this episode, I know you're the antenna guy. Look into this. Tell us, are they legit? Have they figured it out? Because I'm telling you, man, anything that can use that can go wireless without having to have wireless, I am. Like that's, oh, yeah. that excites me. That excites me almost more than anything else. I'll buy you know, it if tomorrow. it's the same yeah. or better quality. Exactly, dude. Right. It's that convenience. Like once I finally started getting Bluetooth headphones, I was like, oh, well, when I'm in public from now on, I'm never using wires ever again. <laughs> like for like in studio serious applications when quality really does right. matter. I mean, I'm, I'm still wearing I'm still wearing fucking, you know, goddamn. I forgot to, speaking of, I forgot to I forgot to put my cans back on after I just went pee pee. Oh. Um, I'm still wearing wired headphones for serious applications, but like out in the world, wireless is the way to be. Now, if you're telling me that I could go wireless in the studio too and just walk around right. with the headphones on, oh my god, dude! Oh my god, that's awesome. Um, so it uses Bluetooth, but it's also there's an antenna receiver. Is that what I'm hearing? It has backup Bluetooth in case you aren't using their whatever pr- proprietary antenna, but they have developed their own technology to circumvent Bluetooth, but it's still wireless, and they say does. Low latency, because latency is also an issue with Bluetooth. It's not as immediate as just a wired connection. But really, the compression, the lower quality is the main issue. And they, they claim that they have, with their technology, they have guaranteed pristine audio quality. Okay. I mean, uh, I'll take their word for it. I They're saw available. It. The t- 
they're available for pre-order now and will be in stores in January, they claim, which is this month, and they cost $350. I saw the the image and they look they look cool. They're kind of like a grotto style design, like that old school where the uh, the strap goes through the out, the exterior piece that goes around your right. ear. Um, Dude, uh, AI, 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 they make really cool looking headphones in general. I've always really wanted a pair based solely on the fact that they just look futuristic and fucking sick. I've never, I've never even heard of them. So this is all new to me. Yeah, that's, that's fucking badass. So I don't know if you're listening and you want us to review these as our official uh, podcast headphones of GearBuds podcast. That is possible, folks. (laughs) Um, Just wanted to, you know what? I wanted to close out this episode with a couple things. First of all, Dave, I don't, I don't think I told you, uh, Everything that I listed on my reverb store has now officially sold. Do you have an empty reverb store? I have currently Gearbuds reverb store is currently empty because I've I thought I had sold everything and kind of forgot about it because I yeah. hadn't gotten any orders in a few weeks. And then just a couple days ago when I shipped it out yesterday, the last tele pickup that I had still cooking around in there sold for you know full price and uh, shipped it out yesterday, man. So congrats, uh, that's a, folks, that's if, a great if, thing. It's a great thing. And so, folks, if you know, I'm sorry to say, if you're looking for that first big uh, GearBuds gear dump, it is now empty. <laughs> However, it has encouraged me to now, I yesterday photoed um, maybe five or six, maybe more different amps that have just been living in my living room um, un, unlisted. Uh, so, those are now going to go up there. The thing is, is, is I just, I just don't really don't want to ship. Yeah. So, I'm going to do those for local pickup only. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the store will be replenished with mostly big, heavy things. I would guess at right. some point after this episode comes out. Well, luckily we're in a big, a big enough city where it's like a hub where people can, you know, they should be able to find you in Chicago. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if my friends over at uh, CME, you know, I mean, you guys, if you're listening and you see all the great stuff that I have and you're like, listen, Henry, buddy, let's just do like a group deal. And you want to throw me, I don't know, let's say. A vintage Gibson EDS 1275 double neck or shooting high uh, something extra frivolous for all of this stuff. Let's talk. Maybe we can make it happen. (laughs) You know, I like it. But I also wanted to to quickly talk. Speaking of reverb, I saw an article and I and I I don't know if you read it or not, but there was the gear that turned vintage in 2022. And I just wanted to I just wanted to get your thoughts on the subject and and go through some of these items that turned vintage this year. Yeah, I'm going to boomer out on this, man, for sure. Let's boom, let's boom around a little bit. So according to this article, and I think that this is sort of the generally accepted uh, standard mm-hmm. that uh, vintage vintage itself might not have a strict definition. They're saying that any instrument 30 years or older counts, which means any music year that was new in 1992 oh. will become vintage this year, which first of all, Dave, let's just take a moment to groan and feel a little old by that sentence right there because. Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when I started collecting and, and caring about guitars, it was anything pre 1980. So um, yeah, I'm starting to feel a little weird about that. 92. Oh, I didn't even start. I, I didn't even start caring about guitars in 1992. I mean, I thought they were cool, but I didn't yeah. get one until 1994. That's you know? what I'm saying. Yeah, like uh, like when I started caring, vintage was anything pre 1980. So it was, you know, and that makes sense to me. You know, 1979, you know, is vintage, but 92. 1992 is now nine. The 90s are vintage now, Dave. So. Mm. I guess that's just the real, those, those like that, that golden era of late eighties, early nineties Gibbies are now officially vintage, which is kind of strange. Well, they sure uh, are. I mean, the, the prices will, will definitely, uh, speak to that for sure. I know, dude, that one, you sent me that one black one with the cream, uh, P90s oh, yeah. and that thing for like bucked. two grand. 
Yeah, that, that was guitar really cool. was sick, dude. With the it had a black back too and neck. Yeah, and all that that was just that was just a sweet looking. And guitar, it has the uh, the P one hundreds is the uh, the oh it was P one hundreds yeah it was a stacked P nineties okay yeah I think so yeah that's what it said in the description. which is better on a Les Paul anyways I mean you want you want some of that noise free balls out rocking anyways yeah, right that's what I'm saying so that's the first one that's I mean as as, as far as 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 far as this discussion is concerned those are vintage guitars now yeah uh, let's talk about some of the ones that came out in ninety two that are now vintage okay which i think the 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 biggest one on this list uh this is uh, from a reverb article that they they went through all this stuff uh the mesa boogie dual and triple rectifier wow originally came out in 1992 which makes them fucking vintage wow those those amps which to me it were like the defining modern amplifier for a while you know they're like if you wanted to like look like you were in a modern metal or hard rock i was gonna act. say new metal you wanted to have yeah. a freaking recto behind you dude. yeah dude the triple dude triple recto. The th- oh the corn played the triple recto 150 watts oh my god <laughs> stacked up too do you know do you know why they're the dual rectifier and triple rectifier i don't i don't even know what a rectifier is so a rectifier is uh well in a guitar amp uh used uh in between the preamp and the power amp to rectify the power as you might uh think and in many amps they use a tube rectifier which the mesas do mm-hmm. and in many other amplifiers they use a solid state rectifier which have different response characteristics often most people say that uh using a tube rectifier adds a little more sag to the feel meaning it's it's not as like immediate it has a little more give when you really like palm mute and chunk oh, into the amplifier interesting. It's a little slower of a response okay and as a matter of fact my um my baseman uh, that's modded all crazy style. Uh, one of the mods that it has is that those ba- basement or most of those fenders are originally um, from that era were solid state rectifiers, but uh, it's been modded so that I can swap in tube rectifiers, which I is how I actually use it. Oh, cool. Um, but the reason that the it's a dual and triple rectifier, dual rectifier is 100 watts, triple rectifier is 150 watts. It has a dual rectifier has dual rectifier tubes because each of them can handle 50 watts of power. The triple rectifier has th- tr- three rectifier tubes because they can each handle 50 watts of power and it's 150 watt amp. That's it. Dang. Um, I just remember the like the metal grill plate across the front. That's right. Like that is such a staple of those amps. Like Dude, I, I so was so me. close when I so the the most people agree. I mean, I'm sure you can make anything sound good, but most people agree that the original so they originally were uh, two channels and then they moved to a three channel design. Most of the people like the two channel designs better. Uh-huh. In fact, when I when I worked at CME, man, this has been a CME heavy episode. <laughs> uh, a a two channel dual rack came in and. I took it into a practice room. It was it's the one that I've always wanted, you know, since I was a kid. Oh. Took it into a practice room, fucking ripped that thing like fully loud like everyone in the store could hear it. Everyone was like, "Wow, what was that?" Took it out, went to put it on employee hold. It sold online while I was in the practice room. No way. Fucking playing it, dude. Yes. That's the only time that ever happened to me. I was like, all right, I'm going to buy this. Fuck it. I'm yeah. just buying it. I don't need another amp, but I'm buying it. it. Nope. <laughs> and uh, and it sold while I had it in there. So Wow. Someday, Dave. Someday. Coveted piece. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another one that uh, what are what are now known as EVH, but the 5150 originally made by PV. Those also came out in 1992. Oh, really? Yeah, man. The very first EVH signature amps 
Um, I mean, they make it in everything now, but they're originally 100 watt amps designed by the company's lead amp engineer, James Brown. Great music name. Uh, those are now officially vintage, buddy. What was the what was the correlation with that in Van Halen? Like they were they was it built for Eddie Van Halen? Was that the idea? It was. Okay. Yeah, and that was the fifty one fifty album, I believe mm-hmm. was right. I don't know if it was the same year or the year before or something like that. So it was like part of the whole shebang. Okay. Part of his his I don't know what I don't know what fifty one fifty means. I don't know enough know enough about yeah, I don't Van Hagar era bullshit, but <laughs> um Dude, that I mean, those same deal. Like, I and, and when I think of a recto, the fifty one fifty is kind of like right next to it in terms of oh, that s- sort of metal sound. So, also vintage this year. New metal has gone vintage. Uh, dude, this one was very surprising to me because it, it seemed older to me, but I guess not. The Stevie Ray Vaughan signature Strat. Oh, really? Uh, was 92? released in nineteen ninety two. Yeah, man, with the you know the SRV emblazoned on the pick guard uh, and the gold hardware the reverse vibrato the whole thing um, yeah. that came out in 1992 after uh his uh, death in 1990 wow i oh i didn't know they released it after his death oh that's interesting um i didn't realize that either and also it turns out that they had been working with it together including specifically like that srv on the pick guard, pick guard they had already been working on it and talking about it before you know he died and then obviously there was the horrible helicopter crash and then right. uh, a couple years later they put that guitar out so that guitar is now officially vintage no shit yeah. um yeah i mean i remember when when i was flipping some guitars um you could find good deals on those and and turn them around they were people really liked those guitars those are very good guitars the old ones i've played a lot of them if, in terms of strats they're fucking bulletproof right uh and according to i do that i found a, a quote so they were talking to jimmy vaughn around you know his brother around the time that this guitar came out and they they did i, I guess there was this huge unveiling with like jimmy buddy guy jim's james burton a bunch of other people there and Jimmy said that the only thing you could do to make it more original is drag it behind a car for about a year. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it was, yeah. it's going to be a little too clean for you. But right. it, otherwise, it is exactly like if you were after the SRV thing, that yep. is the guitar to get. Yeah, because his had the finish completely worn off of it, if, if I recall correctly. It was uh, completely destroyed. Mostly what? gone. Yeah, I mean, he was a he sweaty, hard-hitting man. 61 Strat? He had a few. I know that there was one... I thought there was one even from the seventies, the red one that he was famous for. But yeah, yeah. I th- I, dude, honestly, this is based. I off, used to, I used to love listening to his music. I never like got into trying to sound like him, like a lot of guitar players do. You know, what yeah. I mean? Like I never chased the SRV thing. No, didn't chase that tone. No way. Um, it's a hell of a tone, though. It, it sounds like you're playing fucking telephone poles. It actually speaks really interestingly about the the quality of American-made Fender at, at in 1992 wasn't exactly desired um i would say like even the reissue stuff wasn't that great a lot of the japanese stuff from that era was was fucking amazing and that's that's kind of when the uh the mij stuff was really really popular in the early 90s late 80s so for this guitar to be you know renowned you know from 92 as an american-made strat it probably was the best american-made strat you could buy at the time you know what i mean i'm sure it was and that's i think that really speaks to the the care and the and the the yeah uh, just the legacy that that SRV had and how much the, they wanted to respect that so yeah that's a really good point buddy Agreed. good job I've got two more two more pieces of gear that turned vintage this year I want to talk about this one is the first sixty one reissue SG really so I guess before nineteen ninety two they had been making a sixty two reissue which I find interesting oh. Uh, because now I mean even to this day when you look at it like the sixty one 
SG, like that reissue, is still just like a it's like a almost like a standard part of the Gibson line yeah. at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, they pop up constantly um, when I'm doing my Gibby searches. So uh, yeah, and I think that they said that since 2013, uh, they they started making it in 90, 1992, and then it's they sort of experimented a little bit, um, but then since 2013, it's just been like that. That's just like now the SG standard 61 is like now that's just what that guitar is. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, that's why I see so many of them. Yeah, that's absolutely. right. So that's that one was crazy. Just like all these things that happened just before you and I had our, our dawn of really <laughs> like know. being aware of the gear market. Absolutely. Like this, this is where we are right now. And then the last one, dude, this one, I think, I don't know. I think you'll like it. It's because it's our, our buddy EH, EHX's Mike Matthews. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1992, he was deep into his Russian phase. Ooh. And that's when he brought the Sovtech MiG, MiG 100 tube head to the market for just $359, what? which he called, quote, a price for the proletariat, which I think is hilarious. That's really funny. I, Dude, honestly, those amps are cool, man. I I heard like mixed reviews about, about the Sovtech stuff, but uh, I, I would take one for $359. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you're not finding those for that cheap anymore. Oh, there were, they did, they were to be had for four or $500 for years, but I don't, I think that time is long gone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those amps, you know, I I think you either love them or hate them. I I kind of I I would say I'm closer to love than hate, but they're they're really they're really designed to be battering rams. Like right. I I would not play one of those to try to ever sound sort of like nuanced or delicate. But you can I would play that to like have yeah. a punch you in the face, like super gnarly, loud, clean. Yep. But you can run pedals into it just nasty sound like get that's that, that's what i think of with those get that rat pedal plugged into that thing man you're gonna be you're gonna oh be dude that th- that ant which is i guess you know maybe they probably were hoping for a big muff but you know what you're playing their amps they don't care but throw a rat in front of that bad boy <laughs> ah, you're gonna dude. fucking get after it you're oh baby out, hell yeah <laughs> gotta get you a rat gotta get you a base rat on that baseboard of yours i know man it's next i actually miss my baseboard i haven't been to the space in a few weeks so it's uh i'm going there next week so I'm well we got to get you healthy and fucking yeah and tune back in buddy and then we can surprise some listeners with a little something that we were talking about doing yeah. as a little project for our next episode uh yeah, here so. in gearbuds hq i hope so man I'm oh buddy that. that was that was a hell of a recording i hope yeah. you agree because we went for we always say we're going to make them short. They're always long. Beefy. That's just that's just how we do things around here. We make beefers, and I'm excited that I got to talk to you, buddy. So it's great, you too, it's great man. to hear your voice. I miss you, dude. I'll see you next miss week. Miss you, too. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can make this happen again next week in Reelsies. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you that made it this far and listened to this end of the episode, thank you for that, and uh, go make some music. <laughs>